Hello, this is Legendary Adventures, a Legend of Zelda podcast. I'm Paul Riley. This is not a normal episode. This is a bonus episode because Nintendo held a Nintendo Direct today. And of course, the capstone of it, the end of it, was a new trailer for the upcoming Zelda game, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And so I just wanted to kind of share some of my thoughts and my hopes for the game and uh, give a little bonus episode here. This is not going to be scripted, so it's going to be different from one of my regular episodes. But hopefully you like it okay, and hopefully you're interested in uh, what I have to say. So at the start of the trailer, uh, it starts off pretty dramatically. There's lots of lightning in the sky. There's some new flying enemies. Uh, these, I'm going to hazard a guess, are kind of the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom take on... Uh, the Kargarok, which are bird enemies that were introduced, I think, first in the Wind Waker and have appeared in at least Twilight Princess since then. Uh, in the Wind Waker, they're just kind of big birds. In Twilight Princess, they're more dragon-like. These look a little more dragon-like. Kind of what makes me lean towards the Kargarok uh, idea is that we later in the trailer see one of them carrying a Bokoblin, flying around with it in its talons which we saw Kargoroks do in the Wind Waker. When you first climbed up the mountain on Outset Island, a couple of Kargoroks drop off of the Coblins to fight you, and even a Moblin, and it happens again on Dragon Roost Cavern, and probably some other places I'm not thinking of, and it's not always acknowledged, but Breath of the Wild draws actually quite a bit from the Wind Waker in terms of some of its gameplay ideas and the way that its world is structured. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tears of the Kingdom were doing the same here and just pulling a page out of the Wind Waker and doing that and leaning into that. And since I mentioned Twilight Princess, I should mention that the Kargorok actually does something similar also in Twilight Princess where it carries Link in his wolf form and its talons up through a ravine up to Zora's domain, first as part of the storyline as you're going through the Twilight Realm, and then later you can do it as a mini-game. And so, yeah, it, that's kind of my feeling on what that probably is. And it leads into what I think is actually interesting about this trailer is that the, we're seeing more enemies. Breath of the Wild's a great game, but there are some things with it that didn't personally satisfy me as a Zelda fan. Things that I would have liked to see more of. And one of them was a wider variety of enemies. If I'm being honest, I got kind of bored of the combat of Breath of the Wild, I felt like the bosses were kind of weak. The bosses didn't always feel like there was a lot of strategy to them. The only boss that really kind of felt like a traditional Zelda boss was Master Koga, which I know a lot of people think are, is just kind of a joke and not that interesting. But honestly, I think Master Koga is probably my favorite boss of that game just because you were kind of using items and looking for weak spots and openings, and that wasn't the case necessarily for other bosses. And so I'm hoping we'll see more of that in Tears of the Kingdom. I'm hoping we'll see bosses that uh, remind me more of the best classic bosses of Zelda, and that don't just feel like bigger, spongier enemies. And I'm hoping that we'll see some more variety in the enemies, and I think that's true. I think we can say for certain we will. We saw these new flying enemies. There was a big sort of rectangular stone golem that we saw. In the trailer fighting Link, there looked to be like a big boss monster on a bridge that had like flaming horns or something, something on fire on top of its head. Uh, I'm interested to see what that is. I'm interested to see what other things are in store. I know in past trailers we've also seen like kind of a worm-like enemy hanging from a ceiling and Link fighting it with a flamethrower. We've seen kind of glimpses of other things. And we've also seen that the enemies that are returning from 
Breath of the Wild are getting kind of an upgrade. Their appearance is changing somewhat. They're featuring longer horns and stuff. And this trailer kind of seems to give us a hint why. Early on in the trailer, we hear a voice, which uh, will come back to the performance of itself, but it basically telling its minions to go and destroy Hyrule. I think the odds-on favorite is that this is Ganondorf, and that the uh, corpse we've seen earlier in the first trailer, and that is again here in this trailer and seems to be reanimating and coming back to life, is Ganondorf reincarnated uh, in sort of his human or Gerudo form. It seems like a pretty good theory. seems like it'll hold up pretty well, but we hear the voice telling these monsters to go and to destroy Hyrule. We see a blood moon. We see malice at these monsters, and that seems to be sort of giving us a story explanation for the difference appearance. That's interesting. Rise. Rise, my servants. Sweep over Hyrule. Eliminate this kingdom and her allies. Uh, to the performance of the voice, I think the uh, delivery was kind of cheesy. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the voice acting that we've we've got, and I think some of it's just kind of ranges from overly corny and bad to just decent at best. Honestly, I prefer the pre-Breath of the Wild way things were handled, where there were little snippets of voices here or there. You know, I appreciate that Breath of the Wild has a lot of times where it's just silent when you're reading like those classic Zelda games, but it also leans into what's going to be, I'm sure, the standard going forward of providing voice actors. I just hope that in the future we'll get something that doesn't always sound like this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This might be controversial for me to say. This might be a hot take, but uh, I wasn't a fan of those particular line readings from this actor who seems to be playing Ganon or something. It just sounded overly Saturday morning cartoon for my tastes. There are other little elements that we see in this trailer that are interesting. We see more of those green energy swirls that we saw first in the first trailer and that uh, seem to be continuing throughout. Uh, we see more of the sky islands. There seems to be one that has something spherical on it, which is caught my eye and has me wondering what that is. This is kind of something that uh, is coming back, the sky islands and the way that they are. The Minish Cap, Skyward Sword, Breath of the Wild, and I'm assuming Tears of the Kingdom, all directed by the same guide, Hidemaru Fujibayashi. And the fact that these uh, Sky Islands seem to be back and seem to be a real callback to Skyward Sword and Minish Cap and even Twilight Princess, which had City in the Sky, uh, is interesting. And it's interesting that we're returning to this, what's becoming kind of a theme within these Zelda games. So I'm excited to see what that is and how it actually plays out and what they do and all of that. I'm interested in that. I'm really hoping that this game will... Uh, grab me in a way that Breath of the Wild just didn't. Breath of the Wild's a great game. I put hours and hours into it. I completed every shrine. I uh, beat all the Divine Beasts. I defeated Ganon. I did not collect all 900 Korok Seeds because I'm not that <laughs> type of player. But uh, I did do a lot with Breath of the Wild, and I play it, and it's, it's engaging. I've done one and a half playthroughs of Breath of the Wild, but it doesn't grab me quite the same as some of the older titles do. Uh, I more readily return to the Wind Waker and Skyward Sword and Link's Awakening and A Link to the Past and, uh, you know, some of these other games that just, for me, grab me more and I'm hoping that Tears of the Kingdom brings in some more of the elements that I like from those other games, uh, specifically in terms of the, the dungeons designs and the theming of those dungeons, but also just kind of some of the structure of the game. Breath of the Wild very much goes for being as loosely structured as they possibly think to make it. 
which can be interesting. It can be interesting to just have a game that goes that way, but I think it also loses something in the process of it. The story of Breath of the Wild I didn't think was very strong. Uh, it didn't have the enemy variety, I don't think, to really keep the combat and stuff as engaging as it needed to be for as big and as long as that game ended up being if you were really trying to conquer things. There were just a lot of space that felt like it could be filled in with Breath of the Wild, which, again, I still think is a great game and I really enjoy, but I wanted to like it more. And I'm hoping that Tears of the Kingdom fulfills that for me. I'm hoping to see more traditional dungeons. I'm hoping to see what I feel are interesting enemy encounters and boss designs. Uh, I'm hoping to see, you know, interesting puzzles. I'm hoping to see an engaging game that takes the basics of Breath of the Wild and then polishes it to a sheen, gives us some little bit more of that traditional Zelda feel to it with its dungeons and with its enemy encounters and just makes it something that makes it one of my favorite games, if not my favorite game uh, in the series. And there's some interesting things going on here in this trailer that I haven't talked about yet. There's vehicles, more vehicles that we we're seeing. Link drives around in kind of a strange car. Looks like he pulls a wheel or something of it out of the water using uh, his new cursed hand, which seems to hold some of the same abilities he had before. He's using sort of a magnesis ability, it looks like, to pull that out. Uh, and in past trailers, we've seen him use something like the stasis ability, except he's now able to rewind time with it. So there's some interesting hints here, and there's stuff that I, I think will be cool and engaging. A couple other things that just kind of popped out at me during this trailer. Uh, one, Link was fighting one of those, what I assume are Kargaroks, pulled out his bow, looked like he was firing something that looked kind of like an electric arrow to me just at the first glance, but it also seemed to kind of curve up like it was homing in on the enemy. That seemed interesting. I'm curious to know what that's all about. Uh, there seemed to be Link in interacting with something sort of like the apparatuses that we saw in the first game that were motion controlled. At least that's, a, again, what it appeared to be to me. I personally don't mind the apparatuses. I think they can be kind of fun. I like motion control stuff. I know not everybody does, but I kind of do. So I'm curious to see what that ends up being. I'm curious to see how motion controls are incorporated, if much at all. I, I think that it could be good and interesting. I'm curious to know what these sky islands are and where they come from and what's going on with them. Uh, there's a lot here that I'm interested in and that I, I want to dive into. I'm looking forward to uh, Nintendo announced there will be a new amiibo for it. They showed off showed off an amiibo, new amiibo of Link, uh, kind of in a crouch pose, arm out stretched this new cursed arm that he's got or you know damaged arm whatever that's going to also have this new powers that he's going to be using on it they didn't really say what the amiibo was going to be used for but i'm going to assume it's like breath of the wild where it granted food and chests and if you had specific amiibos that granted specific items shields or swords tunics whatever nintendo also has made it clear and you can check on the nintendo eShop. i just did i put in my pre-order it's going to cost 70 bucks for this game i'm not very happy about that i know this has been the trend and that Sony and Microsoft and a whole bunch of the other publishers have gone this route, and they're going to be charging $70 for big-budget AAA games now. Uh, game Informer got a statement from Nintendo that said it's not going to be every game, it's going to be a case-by-case -case basis, but honestly, I think probably it's going to be Nintendo's big-budget prestige series like Zelda, like the, the next big-budget Mario title that's you know the full-on Mario platformer, uh, are probably going to cost 70 bucks from here on out. Mario Kart 9 will probably be 70 bucks. I don't like it, but you know, 
I want to play this game. <laughs> I want to play it when it comes out. I'm going to pay it. I'm going to do it. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. There was some other Zelda news that came out uh, during this Nintendo Direct. They announced that there's going to be Game Boy games added to Nintendo Switch uh, online service with your subscription. The base subscription will get you a variety of Game Boy games, including Link's Awakening Deluxe, or DX as it's often called. And uh, the Oracle games are going to be on the way as well. You're going to get that with the base subscription if you're already doing Nintendo Switch Online, which uh, I do. And if you're going to spring forward for the Expansion Pass, then you'll also get Game Boy Advance titles and the Minish Cap. Nintendo still hasn't sold me on this Expansion Pack. It's more expensive than I want to pay for what I get. I don't really have nostalgia for the Nintendo 64. My family didn't have one until after it was dead, and I really didn't play it much even after we got one, you know. Ocarina of Time is a big title for me. It helped get me into the series. I, I consider A Link to the Past my first Zelda game, but kind of Ocarina of Time helped get me there and really had only played bits of it at like friend's house up until I got it for the GameCube, and that's really where I played it for the first time fully. And beyond that, I just don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for the Nintendo 64, so I don't need Sega Genesis games. I, I, I'm not as nostalgic for those either. As some people may be, I, I had a Genesis growing up, and I, I did play it, but I also had a Super Nintendo, and I engaged with the Super Nintendo more. And so the expansion pack still hasn't sold me. I've got Minish Cap on the Wii U. It's a great game. It's a very charming game. I'm not springing for the expansion pack. But, you know, I think it'll be cool that I'll be able to play the Oracle games on the Switch. Hopefully by the time I get there for the podcast, uh, they'll be up, and I'll be playing them, because uh, it'll be a whole lot easier to screenshot and take stuff that way. But... Yeah, I've rambled on for enough. What are you hoping for Tears of the Kingdom? What do you want to see? Um, let me know. You can talk to me on my social media pages, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Legendary Adventures Podcast. And yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, May 12th is when it's coming out. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I've got more episodes uh, already up. I'm going through this series in chronological order. So I'm currently going through the first game. I just posted an episode on level five the lizard and then next week we'll get into level six and so you can have that and all the past episodes already up and then next week there'll be more so i hope you're enjoying it i hope uh, you enjoyed this and uh, i hope you'll subscribe and follow along thanks for listening